in many ways, this has been a year of expectant waiting for Pittman Park Church. Some of you uh, who have been here throughout the year will remember back as we were waiting early on for a new roof to be put in place. Do any of you remember how signs of the beginnings were happening as a fence area was placed on our front lawn right out at the road? Um, what a wonderful thing to begin to see some heavy machinery begin to make its grooves around here and to maneuver close to the building. Uh, what a wonderful thing to see the workers begin to remove the slate which had served well but had begun to fail us and to take that slate off and to remove the boards that were injured underneath and then to begin to put the new shingles onto our roof. What a remarkable thing to live in expectation that this has gone this past year. Uh, some of you may have stopped by during the day and seen uh, the workers that were busy at their labors uh, having a siesta around our doors. Let me tell you, it was a well-earned siesta that they were having. They were very busy with their labors and trying to move this along because I think they knew. They knew how we all wanted to see this happen. Some of you have been waiting in other ways. Um, I know that one of the ways that I've been waiting uh, over the past couple of months has been for a wedding. Jacob and Rachel are finally married. <laughs> what a great thing. And, and to, to see, see those thumbs up. We've seen that several times, haven't we? Uh, what a wonderful thing to wait on a wedding to occur. And, and other weddings have occurred here in this place as well this year that we have waited and celebrated um, some of you who have been paying attention at all uh, to the course of the news, even in this past week, but especially over this past year, and if you trace it back even over the past 20 years, you'll know that uh, we are in a waiting time denominationally uh, for some clarity as to who we are as God's people, even though we identify as Pittman Park United Methodist Church, there's a sense in which still we are longing to know exactly who we are and what we are about and what we are to do. Uh, it is my hope as we lean into God's good future with this that we will sense with joy that something is being birthed anew. If you saw it in the news, even in the past few days, that a 16-member panel that had representatives from all factions of... Uh, uh, differing discussion around the church. Uh, they met together and had come up with a plan actually for the division of our denomination into its different areas. How that will all play out, I still do not know. But uh, there is, it seems to me, a common purpose that thinks that uh, we, we need to be in different spaces in order to accomplish the work of the Lord. Now, I, I had a conversation with someone just about a month ago who said to me, to me it's almost like Solomon and uh, that situation where the two women were claiming that the child was their own. And Solomon offered the idea, okay, so we will just split the child in half and offer one to the other. And it was the true mother that came forward to say, no, we will relinquish this. 
but no one wants to step forward and relinquish their side. You and I are in a, a very deep misunderstanding about God's purposes and about how we can do ministry together. And I hope that God's Spirit will continue to guide us because I believe that we can be God's people together and reach out together to offer Christ to the world. Some of you have been waiting in other ways. We have seen changes occur even through this year. Sometimes death has come suddenly, but other times it has come after a long period of waiting and wondering, praying for good health and praying for life, and yet waiting too, it seemed, on what was inevitable. This has been difficult waiting for all of us as we have borne this together prayerfully. But then there have been exciting moments with us as well as we have welcomed new little ones into our midst and the waiting that has occurred. Some of you will remember that, that uh, Josh and Brittany Parham uh, were acting out the role on Christmas Eve of Mary and Joseph and who made his debut as the baby Jesus but little James, who was here playing that role in the arms of his mother. Uh, what a beautiful thing it is to think about those that have waited expectantly. You've heard me say already that in our family, it wasn't just Sarah that was expectantly waiting on Willa to arrive, but all of us were. And in fact, I believe that some of you were waiting with us as well because I asked that you would be in prayer. And let me report to you this morning again that Willa is doing well. She's getting along fine. Now Sarah has had a rough time. But all of this is in God's timing that we would find ourselves hopeful for the future that God wishes to lead us into. As we were sharing just a little bit ago um, with the children here at the altar, this is the season of not only Christmas, but Epiphany. As we await that wonderful story of the Magi, these that came from afar, guided by a star, bringing their gifts to the Christ child. Paul, as he shares with the early church in this first chapter of Ephesians seems to be treasuring some of this ancient, this ancient wisdom himself as this endless sentence, it seems, this prayerful rambling thought is extended not only to those 2,000 years ago who read it, but to we who are gathered here in this place today. Now, the interesting thing, the phrase that catches my attention most of all in in all of this today is in the 10th verse where he says as a plan for the fullness of time. I am not willing to relinquish uh, this section of scripture to Calvinist thinking. We are Methodist in this place and our inclination is that God did not choose pridefully those that were going to be connected to him before we were even born and even before creation. And that is not what is being indicated here. In this fourth verse, it says, Just as he chose us in Christ before the foundation of the world to be holy and blameless before him. This is not a prideful chosenness. As if God would select some 
and oppose others when God is the creator of all humankind and God is the creator of this universe. This passage actually undoes the assumption that we are put into categories by God. It goes on in this 10th verse to say, as a plan for the fullness of time, that God is gathering up all things in Him, things in heaven and things on the earth. Let me tell you, that includes not only we who are seated here in this place, but it includes the entirety of this community, the entirety of this state, the entirety of this nation, and the entirety of this world, that God is gathering all of us, and that that is His intention. Anything less than that is less than what God is seeking to do. In verse 13, it's interesting because there particularly it is the undoing of those who would believe in predestination and this being the passage of Scripture that they would base that upon. For in the 13th verse, in Him you also, when you have heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, and had believed in Him, we realize that this is a matter of free will. We get to choose how we are going to participate in this story. It is like the time that I've spent with Bobby this past few days, our two-and-a-half-year-old grandson. When he comes close to me, I wrap my arms around him and draw him in. Now, usually when I do that, he participates in that hug, but he cannot wrap his arms all the way around his papa. But his papa makes sure that he is wrapping his arms close enough around him that he knows he's been hugged and his papa knows that he's been hugged too. It's a beautiful thing the way God operates. God wishes to use the church in this way to make sure that no one is left out, that we are called to reach out and to care for all who are given to us. Not only are we chosen, but we are called to participate in the chosenness of those that may be under the mistaken notion that they have been left out. Some of you will remember that 60 years ago we were celebrating the 60th anniversary of Pittman Park Church, and it was on it was on Christmas Eve that our daughter Sarah, the expectant one recently here, Sarah was using her talents to paint while the service was going on. Do you all remember that Sarah painted this on that Christmas Eve? It's a painting of Mary cradling Jesus in her arms, a very modern kind of painting Sarah does. But what I'm most inclined to in this painting is that Mary has cocked her head at a 90 degree angle just to touch her ear to the top of Jesus' brow. Isn't it interesting that she would wrap herself around Jesus in this way? And how is it that you wrap yourself around a little baby that's placed in your arms? Don't you do the same? Cradling the idea of everything that this child is everything that this child possibly could be. Not knowing exactly what will occur 
in that child's life, but committing yourself to love her with all of who you are. This is God's way. I read a story by Doug Mendenhall, who shared that he and his wife had three children uh, by birth and uh, decided after having those three to adopt another child. And they said they really wanted to leave this in God's hand. They had gone through a Christian adoption agency. They lived in Alabama. And they had gone through a Christian adoption agency. And they did not want to tie the hands of God and to, to actually interview children and to be a part of that whole process. They wanted to leave this uh, to the process. The only thing they asked, the only thing they asked was that the agency give them a child that would be hard to place in some other family. And so they received a child that met that description. Two days old this child was. And they welcomed this child into their home, into their life. And Doug, as he reflects on it some 16 years later, he says, we chose him because he needed to be chosen. You get this, don't you? We chose him because he needed to be chosen. We love him because we choose him. And we choose him because we love him. He said, this is not a chicken and egg thing. Don't try to think it out that way. It's just that the very nature of God's embrace is so full when you finally rest upon the idea that God not only loves us, all of us, but that he wishes for us to be a part of choosing others as well. Doug shares in his writing of this, he says, we hope that our son feels an affinity with those not chosen who are rejected by society, those in need of love and understanding. Who knows how long Simeon had been waiting in the temple. You remember the story that Luke told about this upright and righteous person who had been waiting. And when Joseph and Mary brought Jesus in, he said, this, this is the fulfillment. This is the fulfillment of what God has promised. Just looking upon this baby and looking into the future of what God was destining for all of us. And Anna, at 84 years of age, this widow that was living out her life in the temple, prayers pouring forth from her very being, looked upon Jesus and saw with hope what God wished to do. And she was ready to die at that point because it was the completion for her. How is it with us? Do we get so frozen in our different places 
that it separates not only us from each other, but us from God. Not that God would ever let loose of us. Not that God would ever say that some are chosen and some are not chosen. But that we might dart from His grasp and ourselves not have that affinity to be a part of His choosing the creation that has been molded by His very hand. This is the pledge of our inheritance in Christ for the fullness of this time, of this time.